Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All righty. Welcome into a late night version of Patriots Beat. It's not really late night. It's only after eight, but we're usually earlier. Uh, I'm Mike Cadlick, joined by 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth. Uh, it's Combine Week, so we shuffled up the schedule a little bit. Wanted to yep. wait for the defense to be all set out in Indy. So all the workouts from the defense are in. So we're going to break that all down tonight. We're going to go through every position, talk about good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, whatever happened, basically, from workouts, from rumors, uh, everything there. And then, uh, just an FYI, we'll be back again on Sunday night uh, after those are all set to break down the offense. So... That's what's going on. That's the deal. Um, we'll get into the defense and by position by position in just a second. But first, want to talk about some Patriots uh, news and rumors from out in Indy. Um, the first of which seems to, Alex, I want to get your take on it. I sort of have mine, but I want to hear from you first about Bill Belichick is not in Indianapolis. People seem to be very up in arms about that. And uh, it's different because he's usually there. But a lot of coaches lately across the league, you know, your Lafleurs and your McVeigh's, your new guys don't really yeah. do it anymore. It's sort of like a, uh, sort of feels like a, a retreat to the middle of the country for everybody to hang out and grab beers and shoot. Except the shit. McDaniel, so, um, Mike McDaniel went. I don't know if you did. You see him today? Yeah, he yeah he was on Planet Zippy. Yeah, he had no idea what was going on. That was ridiculous. But yeah, <laughs> to, uh, it's uh, the clips are on Twitter. You can go watch him. He's quoting yeah. Socrates or whatever. It was weird. Um, yeah, he was doing something other than grabbing beers. But yeah, <laughs> as for the Belichick, is that legal in, in Indiana? I don't know. I don't know. Um, That's a good question. As for the Belichick thing, so I here's where I think it's funny. The staunchly pro Belichick people. Mm-hmm. are defending him not going and basically saying, hey, head coaches don't go anymore and whatever. And it's a little different with Bill, right? Because he's also the GM. And the anti-Belichick people who say, you know, they don't like Belichick because they want him to give up control. They think he's too overpowering. Right. They're knocking it as him kind of not caring. Mm-hmm. When I think those two sides should actually be reversed and how they feel about this. Because what that tells me is, this is Matt Groh's show. Yeah, and, and and when I say this, I mean the draft evaluation process. Now, I don't know that Matt Groh is going to have final say on the picks. But when sure. it comes to who are they talking to, uh, what are they watching, all of that, normally GM's in charge of that. But Matt Groh right. is the director of player personnel, essentially the second in command to the GM. Mm-hmm. He is essentially the head of the personnel department. His background is on the college scouting side. He came up as a scout before moving into his current role. Uh, 
this tells me for, and, and I, you know, people say, well, is it a good thing he's not there? Is it a bad thing he's not there? Well, it depends what you think of him as a scout, and it depends what you think of Grow sure. as a scout. They've had a couple good drafts since Grow stepped been into the role he's in. So yeah. I think it's a good development. I do. I we'll see how much control he has over the over the draft board, and you know right. whether it's Bill or Grow. But to me, this tells me that Matt Grow's role has grown significantly since last year. Definitely. And it feels like, too, talking about sort of where the Patriots are at with their front office. Ever since, and, you know, I liked Nick Casario when he was here, but ever since he's left and they've sort of retooled that front office with Macro and his involvement, like you said, they've had great drafts. I mean, Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, uh, last year with the Joneses and yeah. Cole Strange and Tyquan. I mean, they still have some room to improve, but it feels like they have a good foundation, Kyle Duggar. So Josh Uche, I mean, I could go on, right? And that's that's all been centered around Macro being the head guy from the uh, player personnel department. So good sign. It's it's funny, like you said, too, no matter what side people are on, whether they're pro or anti-Belichick being an indie, it all seems negative, which it's like maybe they're just in Foxborough right now on the grind. Figuring out pro stuff well, and letting the college guys do the college stuff, and then we'll get together and we'll discuss it after. It it well no, but but the thing is, there's a lot of like pro personnel stuff that happens at the combine as well because all yeah, the agents true. are there. You know how like when the illegal when the sorry when the legal tampering period opens, suddenly there's deals. That's not because yeah. they negotiated the deals in thirty seconds. Right. That's all getting done right now. Yeah. Um. So there there is a pro element to it too. And yeah, that's it, a good point. And look, cell phones exist. Cell phone technology is pretty good. Bill needs yeah, to talk to anymore. Drew Rosenhaus. Bill's going to talk to Drew Rosenhaus. He doesn't need to be in right. any to do it. So I don't think Bill's totally removed from the situation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it certainly feels like they're giving Matt Grow a lot more agency. And I would just say to the people who want Bill to have less power or the fire Bill crowd or whoever, this is, here you go. Right. We're going to see what it looks like because he is not playing as big of a role this year as he has in the past, at least in this step. Right. Uh, so let's talk player meetings. Yeah. Alex, Alex Barth has a full list of player meetings tracker on 985thesportshub.com. So you should go check that thing so out. So I can tell you this too. Okay. Um, some, those are the meetings players have confirmed. Okay. Those are, those are players saying they have met with teams. I know they have met with other players, some other big name players that, have not been made public cool so i keep that it, it it's not a process of elimination for instance right. right jackson smith and jigba uh was the only one of the you know we, we talk about the top four receivers johnston addison smith and jigba and zay flowers he's the only one they've met with on the books that doesn't necessarily mean that they only met with him and didn't Barthee, break. what are you telling us here i'm just using that as an example i know i know um but so i, I there there are other guys that I think that we've talked about that there aren't sure. meetings on the books. Fair enough. Well, we'll talk about the public ones and the position I want to talk about specifically, at least off the top is cornerback because they've publicly, according to uh, the players themselves have met with plenty of the top corners yep. uh, guys like uh, Cam Smith, Christian Gonzalez, Joe Porter Jr. And so, and I'd add to this one too, just sorry, real quick. No, Devin Witherspoon, please. who a lot of people like, he yes. wasn't able to make it to media availability because his medical examination ran long. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. So, 
again, doesn't necessarily mean they didn't meet with him, but yeah, it right. seems like they're targeting these top corners. Yep. And so we've talked to, yeah, they're, that's, that's sort of where I want to get right. Is we talk about the, the three, the three benchmarks, the three flagpoles, if you will, with tackle wide receiver corner. We've talked about how deep the cornerback class is and said that maybe they can wait and maybe they can wait for the, the Julius Brents and the Eli Ricks and Brents had a great day today out in Indy. So he might be shooting up the boards himself, but it looks like they're making their way into those, those top three guys. So now that you've sort of seen this, do you think that cornerback might be in play for these guys? And do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? What do these meetings tell you basically? So I remember last year they met with all the top tackles and we were so sure they were going to take a tackle and they obviously didn't. So it tells me it's at least an option. You know, they're not going to waste their time. They're doing their due diligence on this group. Um, It tells me they view it the same way we view it as a potential pick at 14. Yep. Um, Of the guys, let's talk about the days they had. Okay. Let's talk. Yeah. I I was thinking that we'll go. We were going to go Madden style, but let's just move. No, no, no. Do what you're doing. Do what you're doing. Yeah. Because, um, Joey Porter Jr. was a free, measured in like a freak. Uh, same with Julius Brents. The defensive backs from South Carolina both ran fast 40s, both under 4-4, I think. And so yeah. w- what did you make of, I guess, let's start with Joey Porter Jr. What did you make of his day today? Well, so it's funny. You mentioned, I know you want to start with Porter, and yeah, he had a good yeah. day, I thought, and Brents did, and the South Carolina guys did. Yeah. And I have not been high on Christian Gonzalez during this process yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah. But – Holy crap. Everything he does just looks effortless. Yeah. He ran. I actually, let, let me pull up. I his, have, uh, I have the combine. Do you have his official time here? What was his official time? His 40 was a four, three, eight, four, three, eight. And he looked like he was jogging. Yep. And then you watched him go through. And, and this is the one thing everybody sleeps on about the combine that I actually think is the most telling is those on field drills, right? Which don't have a measurement, totally. don't have the a time, lines. don't have a number, yeah. but you really get to see them. at you don't run 40 yards, you know, unblocked in football. It doesn't happen. Right. The thing where you're, you're, you know, the one I really saw is they backpedal, flip the hips one way, flip the hips the other way, break. Yep. And again, just like in the 40, it's, it's effortless. It's also seamless. He doesn't look like yeah. he's trying. And I don't mean to say that like, oh, he's dogging it out there. I mean, like, it's just natural. It's just, you know who the other guy, like, like when I look at the way he moves, it reminded me of seeing Zay Flowers at the Shrine Bowl and just yeah. how he just glided mm-hmm. across the field. Like some of these guys ran good 40s too, but they looked like stiff and they didn't necessarily look comfortable. Right. And I think certain guys train for the 40 and they change, they run different in the 40 than they'd run in a game, right? Right. To me, Christian Gonzalez, it looked like he just ran out of bed and rolled four three and, and rolled out of bed and ran a four three eight. So right. now he might have tested too well. He might not be there at 14. Yeah, I know. There's the already problem, some belief right? that he could be the, the top corner in the draft, but yeah, top corner. Then I, it turns into a top five pick when they test that well. Yeah, I, I was blown away by what I saw from Christian Gonzalez today. I was very, very impressed. I had his name on my notepad circled multiple times. Yeah. As reporter, tested super well. Um, for especially for his size. I know some people look at that 40, and I think he was what high four fours? Four, four, four six. Four four six, and people are going to see that and be like, "Ah, uh, you know, it's not burner speed at that size." Four four six is outstanding. I really liked his interview, though. That's kind of yeah. what sold me on him this week, because we talked about, you know, they don't take guys from Penn State. 
his the things his dad has said about the Patriots. I thought Did he you see great. they had his dad on NFL Network yeah. today. Yeah, and he was having none he of it. He had nothing to say. Yeah. Um well he's locked in watching his kid. I don't know. Oh, blame for him. sure. I don't blame uh, him either. I thought Porter gave a great answer when asked about playing for the Patriots with everything his dad has said. And he was like, you know what? It's a great organization. I think I'm a great fit for their scheme. I think my dad would understand that it's a great place to be, that playing for Bill Belichick's a great opportunity. And I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah, um, I would imagine, and we don't know what happened in the meeting. I'm sure it came up, but I would imagine the Patriots looked at that answer he gave to the media and liked seeing that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, I'm just looking at my notes here and also yep. going through the combine results from uh, the NFL Network. Yeah, but from the NFL Network or the NFL.com rather's uh, website, and I see DJ Turner, the six foot, the six foot corner out of Michigan who ran a four two six, the fastest forty from the cornerback position, and he has a little bit of that size, right? He's at six foot, which think of six foot, think of like Jalen Mills size. So it's not, it's not incredibly tall, but it's it's tall enough to play boundary corner in the NFL. Match it with and that he, size. He plays bigger than right. six foot as well. Yeah. So, yeah, Michigan guy. Match the four two six with the size. Uh, fast, obviously. Uh, his vertical wasn't. It was a he, ran, he jumped thirty eight five. So it's pretty good. It is pretty good. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, we're gonna have to go to Julius Brands because he is just all over these boards. But uh, DJ Turner, what do you think? What do you think of the speed? Do you think that's a fit? especially with the size factor and all that. So I like Turner coming in, but I didn't really look at him as a speed guy. I right. like, I figured he'd run a good time. I didn't think he was going to be, you know, pace the group. So to me, it kind of reminds me of Tyquan last year. I looked at Tyquan. I looked at his height. I looked at his route tree. Uh, I looked at, you know, I knew he had ability after the catch, but I didn't, again, he was a guy I looked at and said, he's going to run a good time, but I didn't think it was realistic. And then he runs this, this speed. And the thing that does you know, we talk about, oh, a guy runs a great 40, so now he's a higher pick. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, oh, they're picking him higher because he ran a great 40. You run that 40, all of a sudden teams go back and look and say, all right, we got to watch this kid a little bit closer. We got to watch him again. And they find other things about your game maybe that they like that you pair with the speed. Or sometimes you run a great 40, teams go back and look, and they're still not impressed. Um right. Kalon Barnes ran a four two eight last year, went in the seventh round. Right. I think when teams go back and look at Turner, they're going to find a lot of other things on tape that they really like. I I like the way he plays the game to me. He is definitely a guy. I felt this way coming in, but now even more so, he is definitely a guy we need to talk about in context with the Patriots. He's expected to go on day two. I don't think that's going to change. Just the yeah. way some of the guys above him tested, I don't think he makes his way into the first round. But, you know, do we start talking about 46 instead of 76? I think that's in play here. Sure. But, you know, when we're doing our mock drafts and all of that, and by the way, I, you guys send me so many mock drafts. I love them. I apologize I don't respond. Okay. I'm actually working on something 
uh, keep an eye out in a couple weeks. We're, we're going to do something with all your mock drafts. But uh, when we're doing those, right, I, I think maybe now we start looking at 46 instead of 76. We talked about, Mike, we talked about on Thursday, remember, how are we going to, or was it Wednesday or whenever our last show was, yeah. Tuesday? Tuesday. How are we going, how is this, how are we going to sort this group, right? We have this group of like eight or nine corners that are all bunched together yeah, from right, like right. 30 to 80 and how are we going to order them? Well, here, this is, this is an example of that. DJ Turner, he's towards the top end of that group, I think, pretty clearly now. Yeah, he's getting himself uh, in the mix for sure. Speaking of uh, that that 46 pick, right? And yeah, we talk about uh, Julius Brents potentially being there uh, before today. I don't think he's going to be there at 46 anymore. I think the way he tested uh, today, including his measurements, um, I just want to read through everything that Julius Brents put out today. Uh, a little sl- on the slow or middle of the pack, rather, on the 40 with a 4.53, which at the end of the day, I know we look at these 40 times like like their uh, like their gospel, but a 4.53 compared to a 4.47, for example, sounds like a huge difference. It's six tenths of a second, and I know teams look at that, and I know I know they go to that. But we're talking about we're splitting hairs here. But anyway, Julius yeah. Brents four five three forty. Uh, his vertical jump was the second highest with a forty one five. His broad jump led the cornerbacks with an eleven six, uh, and he measured in at six two six two. 100, and I think these measurements aren't accurate on the website, but he measured in at uh, 6'2". So I thought he was going to come in a little taller, but his wingspan is massive. Well, he's he was like, it rounds up to 6'3". It was 6'2", yeah. something. Yeah, his sure. wingspan was was great. Yeah. I would have liked to see him run a better time. I was hoping he'd yeah, end, end up in the 4'4s. Are those times official? Because they still uh, have the U next to it on the uh, NFL website. Um... Good question, Alex. I don't know if they're official. We'll see. If, if that yeah. comes down to like four, four, nine, four, four, eight, I'll feel a lot better. But but eh, go. Okay. I, I thought he ran a fine time. Um, I was hoping it would be a little better. Again, I was hoping it would be in the four fours. They need size. See, that's like, where I'm. That's where I just don't. I just think it's, it's not so. Hairs. We talked about he had this great day at the combine. It's not. And you heard them talk about this on the broadcast, right? The vertical jump the long jump because you're mm-hmm. essentially essentially testing how strong somebody's legs are. Yeah. Right. Like that can translate to 40 time because it's all lower body weight sure. explosiveness. His broad jump, it, like his 40 time doesn't necessarily line up with what his jump times were. Okay. Guys that jump that well, usually are in the four fours. So now we're back to, all right, here's a big corner who definitely like is sturdy but does he have the speed to compete down the field? I don't yeah, okay. think his so I don't think his times are disqualifying. Like yeah. I still think he should be in play on day two and all of that, but I I, I was looking for him to push day one today. So, I really so you don't you don't think those numbers, you don't think his measurements outside of the 40 push him to day one? No, because teams are gonna look at 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 the 40 and say, Well, okay. all right, if he's this explosive, why didn't he run faster? And let me actually see if I can find his 10-yard split. Because um, if he had Unaf- a good 10-yard split, it, that, that sort of changes it a little bit. But 
You look at the other guys who jumped well, they were all full force. Okay, so that's actually really good. See, that's Um, where it's like, okay, but according to the NFL.com's rankings, it's it's tied for the second slowest. Is it? Yeah, so it's like, because the fastest is 1.147. Oh, what'd you say his 10 yard was? 157. Oh, I thought you said 117. Oh, no, 157. Yeah, I you know what? It's he's got great size and good yeah. athleticism is how I would put it. Like again, I don't think any of it's disqualifying, but Sure. I when you look at how well so many of the other guys in that top group ran, I mean, we didn't talk about Tyreek Stevenson, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do I have here? Deontay Banks was was amazing. I know that's Evan's guy and I'm going to have to hear him take a victory lap on that one now. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, I, you know, they're good numbers. I, I don't mean to knock them, but I don't know. I was open to, I just on tape. I thought he, yeah, you want to see a little bit faster, but I yeah. just thought, I thought the size and the, the, the jumps were, were huge. It just shows his, I guess, raw athleticism. The jumps are, so the jumps are big and like he'll match up with the big receivers, but with that's kind of what I'm looking for for the Patriots though. But I think what teams are going to look at and say is, okay, so there's big receivers, there's fast receivers and there's guys who are both and mm-hmm. the guys who are both are number one receivers. So at that speed, can he so be a number one corner? You got to cover number one receivers. Like he can cover probably like, I don't, I'm not saying he can, but like based on those measurables, like, all right, so he'll be able to go on jump balls with T Higgins, but can he cover a guy like Jamar chase? That's going to kind of be the question. Fair. Um, well, let's Which talk about where, two, again where you get to like the second and third round versus the first round. Yeah. So back to corner, and then I want to loop in safeties because there was two yep. safety numbers that jumped out to me, and it was uh, it was bad news. It wasn't good news, and we texted yep. about one of them earlier. But uh, DBU South Carolina, those two guys, Darius Rush and Cam Smith, are gonna be really freaking good in the NFL, and they showed it again today, and. I look at that, and we've talked about DBU here before with with Gilmore and uh, what the heck's his name? JC guy Horn. on JC Horn. JC Horn. Uh, they breed them down there, and those two, Darius Rush and Cam Smith, were fast again today. Rush ran a four three six, and Cam Smith ran a four four three. And Cam Smith, day one guy. What do you say? Oh yeah, I mean, I they, they might both be. You th- that's so you think rush over. Okay. All right. Oh now, yeah. We thought thoughts on those guys. Then I would just say, we talked about, you know, Brent's and his size and his numbers, cam Smith measuring at six, two. Yeah. Or, or sorry. Uh, uh, Darius rush measured in six, two mm-hmm. and ran in the four threes. And he also had a great senior bowl and he's now stacking, right. Uh, right. Dar- Darius rush is going to come away as one of the big r- winners of this combine. I really believe that. Yeah, uh, and then the last corner I want to touch on before, um, unless you want to wrap up, wrap up any after, is uh, Mississippi State Emmanuel Forbes. Who, yeah, that was the one guy I wanted to get to. He tested well. He ran a four three five. Um, I hadn't really, we hadn't really talked about him on the show until Tuesday. Really, um, he's sort of that fringe first round guy, but then he weighed in at one hundred sixty six pounds, and I sort of wonder about that. I mean. Playmaker, I tweeted about it today. He's playmaker. He has the most pick sixes in NCAA history with six. Uh, he's a ball hawk. He just knows he he has a knack for the football. Do you worry about 166 pounds? And do you think that that knocks him, or do you think that the way he tested 
sort of negated that, and he's back as a first-round type of guy. Because 166 pounds is light. I think he tested well enough that um, a team will ignore it. That makes sense? Yeah. Um, Sorry, hang on. Yeah, I I, I think he tested – sorry. I I think he – I'll try to work my board a little bit. I think he tested well enough that a team will ignore it. I don't think it's going to be the Patriots. And I just – trying to tackle guys in the open field like it's going to be tough and the thing is if he's really going to be competitive in the nfl at i i I think now it's going to be as a slot corner and you know i kind of look at like marcus jones last year right where size was a big question mark for him and you know uh uh forbes is taller measuring i think 511 if not six foot but it's just he's going to have to tackle. He's going to have to tackle. And that's going to be a struggle at 166. And as he puts on weight, is he going to lose that speed? The production's excellent and the testing's excellent. So I don't think he's totally out of the first round, but I would guess the majority of teams have moved him down on their boards. Yeah. He, when he spoke, he said that he had played at 173 believes he can maintain 181 uh, and said, I played in the sec and didn't miss a game due to injury, which all valid points, but, to then come in at 166 when when you actually when it comes time to you know to weigh in it's tough but um yeah I don't know I just think that I mean you look at a guy like Devonte Smith who was scrutinized for his weight and I know it's a different position it's but, different it, but it is different because but it's Devontae the NFL Smith isn't and, trying to tackle people Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, okay. But Devontae just- Smith... Again, but you worry about injury as well. You worry about a bunch you, of things when the weight comes in. I even go beyond injury, Mike. I, I kind of like I just talked about Brent's. It's the opposite of Brent's. It's the opposite. It's the same, right? Okay, right. so he's going to be able to cover Devontae Smith because he's fast enough and it's not too much of a size mismatch. And like, that's great. What happens when you have to play the Bengals again, like the Bengals and Chase, or when you have to play the Raiders and Devontae right. Adams? Like, how is he, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, how's he going to tackle these guys? Yeah, that's and he did, he did measure it at six one for what it's worth. You then wonder about I know, but like his arms just don't. No, I like I'm him. just you, you mentioned about right. if he was five eleven. Okay, so so yeah, so he came at six one, but I just I think you wonder about his tackling ability, and at that point, well, if he can't tackle some of these number one receivers, can he be a number one corner? I right. look and another some of this with Brent's with him's with him. I am nitpicking a little bit. But when the yeah, class, that's what is, this is all about. That's what this this time of year is about. You got it's not that. even this time of year. It's this specific class. Another okay. year, you might look at it and say, "Yeah, okay, well, he's not a perfect number one corner, but he's as close as you're going to get in this class." So somebody's going to take him in the first round. But again, when you have guys like Gonzalez and you have guys like Porter and you have guys like Cam Smith, you don't necessarily need to settle for a guy who's 166 pounds. Yeah, that's a fair. So point. that like, you have to. You, these guys are going to get nitpicked because there is so much depth at the position because you see the opposite of it sometimes as well, where guys go way higher than they should, right? Just because um, it's a bad class at the position. And 
look, Kenny Pickett was not a first round quarterback. Like say what you will about Kenny Pickett. He doesn't check a lot of the one six of his last eight games, Alex. He doesn't check. He coming out of college. He did not check a lot of the boxes of a first round quarterback. Right. But teams need a quarterback and he was the best one there. So we went and they kind of said, you know what? We're going to overlook this for now because we need the player. You're seeing the opposite opposite of that this year with the cornerback position where, yeah, some years I think teams would look at Emmanuel Forbes and say, all right, yeah, he's 166 pounds, but we love the rest of his makeup and we're going to invest in him. But if you're between, like, run down the list of the guys who are expected to be first-round picks, of guys we think that have the potential to be number one corners, you're not taking him over Gonzalez. right? You're not taking him over Porter. You're not taking him over Witherspoon. Um, I, you're not, I don't, you know, you're not taking him over Smith, Keely Ringo. Some teams might. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think you're taking him over rush. Banks is, Banks is in the conversation as well. So Brent, it's going to be that thing. Yeah. Do you want the slightly slower corner? Who's bigger? Or do you want the faster corner who is undersized? Like that's, so that's where it becomes a conversation, but there's so many guys that you don't have to do that you know, uh, would you rather with that? It, it, it knocks guys down the boards. It's just the nature of this class. Yeah. So uh, any more corners before we loop in the safeties on your, on your um, radar? Let me look at my, I mean, there's a ton, but yeah, I, I just briefly mentioned, I'll bring up again, like Tyreek Stevenson. Yeah. Uh, his testing numbers were, you know, they were good. They were good. I, I don't, think he necessarily blew anybody away with his testing i don't think that was the expectation ran a four four five which is a good number but again those on-field drills i really liked watching him during the on-field drills he looked super comfortable another guy who had a really good senior bowl so now he's building momentum uh so just again a guy i think is building a strong process here and a guy i think projects as a fit for the patriots so just keep his name in mind as well the other, and it's not Patriot centric, but you, uh, you put him on my radar um, when we were finishing up the the uh, college football playoff, and we talked about the Shrine Bowl. Was uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson? Yeah, he's five eight. He's tiny, but he tested. I think he came yeah, in at under five eight, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I think he did. And so, did he help himself at all? I mean, with the way he tested compared to his, his height, because his height's going to be an issue. But he's probably. I mean, do you put him at boundary corner at that height? Well, 39-inch vertical helps. Yeah. I So he didn't run the three-cone. Okay. My guess is because he didn't he didn't want teams to – or I think he would have ran a decent three-cone. Okay. But the problem is if he runs a good three-cone at 5'7", every team is going to look at him and say slot corner. Every team is going to look okay. at him and say that's the best slot corner in this draft because I think he would be. I wonder if he didn't run a three cone because he wants teams to evaluate him as an outside corner. He doesn't want them, even if it is a good number, he doesn't want them to have that number in front of them. Yeah. So, look, he ran well. Uh, Again, the 39-inch vertical certainly helps. He he gave teams something to think about. At the end of the day, I still think even without the three cone, teams are going to view him as a slot guy, because I just, I don't think you can play on the boundary at five, seven in the modern NFL. I don't think you can do yeah, it I don't either. unless you're playing the Miami Dolphins 17 weeks a year. It's not going to happen. I, I, um, that being said, like I look at a team like the bills uh, or the jets a team that has to play the Dolphins twice a year. I'd say the Patriots, but they already kind of have a couple of these guys, Marcus Jones and John Jones, if he comes back uh, who can yeah. do that. But I, you know, I, I, he gave teams a lot to think about, but I think he ultimately comes in as a slot corner. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, just play slot Are you, like, corner. fiddling with paper, by the way? Yeah, can you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looping in the safeties, Trey Dean the third, A guy who... Yeah. I know. Uh, he's been my guy. We interviewed him on Patriots Beat or Patriots Press Pass a few months ago during the Shrine Bowl. He had an unbelievable Shrine Bowl week. Um, Shrine Bowl week was awesome. He was the defensive player of the week, and then he was the defensive MVP in the game. Uh, sort of started to climb the ranks, thought of as a prototypical Patriot, just the way, you know, the way he talked about the team, the way the interviews went, that whole thing. And then he came out today and he ran a 4-7-5-40. So... I know it's safety versus corner, and typically the safeties are not as fast as corners. That's just what it is. But, I mean, a 4.75. You look at Nolan Smith, the Georgia Tech defensive end, who ran a 4.39. Just Georgia. Did I say Georgia Tech? Sorry. Yeah. The Runs a 4.39, and then you have Trey Dean, the third runner, a 4.75. It's like that's – it's not good. And I don't know how much that's going to hurt him, depending on what they what you see from, you know, just tape compared to the way he tests. But – I was expecting much better from trading. I was too. And look, the Patriots got to work with him very closely. Yeah. So they understand what he's about. Uh, and he, he, I, he didn't, it wasn't just a four day. I mean, he did not have a good day today. Just yeah. All over testing. They understand what he's about. They know what his play speed looks like. They saw him in game right. action at the shrine bowl. So if they're serious about him, this helps them. Cause that, that's got, we were talking about him maybe pushing the second round. Right. Now I that think 70, been, that 73 pick was where I was aiming for. Uh, right. Now you're looking at probably fourth round at best. Yeah. So if the Patriots feel like this was a fluke, they're in great shape. And this becomes the benefit of going to the Shrine Bowl. I thought he played faster than that. I didn't expect him to run the fastest 40 of the safeties. Right. I thought he'd be middle of the pack. I thought his athleticism was, was kind of, when I say average, I don't mean bad. I just, I thought it was more or less going to be in the middle of where all the safeties were. Instead, he's at the bottom of a lot of these tests. Right. So now it becomes, do you trust his football IQ? Do you trust his instincts? That's what the evaluation turns into. And again, nobody has a better look at that than the Patriots. So was it bad enough that they write him off? Maybe. But if not, their eyes are probably wide open now. Where wow, we really know what this kid's about. And everybody else is going to be ignoring them. Here's our chance to get a player. So that's what it comes down to at this point. So I look at the combine as sort of a big job interview, as most of us yeah. do. Let's talk about LinkedIn, because maybe they're better off just nice. posting these jobs on LinkedIn.com slash beat instead of going, everyone's flying out to Indy and, you know, you're booking hotels and you got to interview guys. They could just post cornerback at LinkedIn.com slash beat. You'll get the best qualified candidates. Uh, the easiest way to talk to them, you'll find just the guy you want instead of you know, you bring you bring your whole your whole consort out there, right? Your your pro personnel, your college personnel. Instead, you, you literally just post it online, uh, and it's the best way to find the qualified candidates for your jobs. So, like I said, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So make sure you post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash/beat. That's LinkedIn.com/slash/beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, again, linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. When we started talking combine, I just knew that I had to loop in LinkedIn that way. It was, it was too good with the job interviews, Alex. So thanks. No, that for, was uh, very well done. Pretty smooth. Thanks for getting, thanks for letting me have the, uh, the soapbox. So linkedin.com slash beat. Um, another safety who looked a little slow to me was Chris Smith. The second, uh, I think he ran 
a four six two, which I mean it's better than Dean, but he's kind of looking at where I have my my tiers with safeties. Uh, I have him in that. Originally, I had him and Trey Dean as as tier two, tier three ish guys. Um, yeah, Chris Smith maybe. I mean, a little higher than Trey Dean the third now, but uh, I thought Chris Smith had the ability to put himself into tier one category with guys like Brian Branch and Jordan Battle. Just the way that I mean, he's an SEC right. SEC safety. He knows how to play the game, right? I mean, I'm saying all these these buzzwords, but once you go and test, so that's gonna. Is. Exactly. That's going to build you up that much more. And so I thought he was a little underwhelming with the 40, um, but what did you think of him in general? Yeah, I I would have liked to see him run a better time again. I thought he looked good in the field drills, so that helps. Yeah, you mentioned right. those tiers. I thought a guy who, who had a great day was Jordan Battle. Yeah. And I said coming in, I wanted to see. So I do think Brian Branch is a better player than Jordan Battle. I don't think the gap is as big as people are making it out to be. And that's I, not I would a, agree. It's not a knock on Brian Branch. I think Jordan battles that good. And I think he kind of closed that gap today. So I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. Another guy that's not on a lot of people's radar, but had a really good shrine bowl that I thought tested well today was uh, Jordan Howden from Minnesota. Ran Minnesota, a, yeah. Yeah. Ran a four, four, nine, had a 33 inch vertical had a great 10 yard split one, five, five. And again, I thought looked good in the field drills, looked especially good in the gauntlet, which is usually not a defensive back drill, but talk about it all the time with defensive backs. How well can you turn your hips? That's a big part of that trail. And I thought he did it well. So mm-hmm. it's another guy where kind of different than, than Dean where, you know, maybe the Patriots now think about Dean falling to them, but yeah, they saw Howden at the shrine bowl. He was on their team at the shrine bowl. Now he has a good combine. Some teams may just be digging into Howden now for the first time. The Patriots are a couple months ahead of everybody. Right. It's a guy I would expect to be on their radar. So what'd you think of uh, Jartavius Martin from Illinois? He tested really well today. He ran a four four six. Uh, he also had the highest vertical at forty four inches, and uh, his broad jump was the longest at eleven one. Yeah, the Illinois guys are going to be players to watch because that yeah. Burt Bielma connection, right? And it's not uncommon for the Patriots. You know, oh, we were watching Devin Witherspoon, but this other guy, Sidney Brown, too. Yeah, you're right. I, I, yeah, sorry so, to cut you off, but um, Sidney Brown had a very good day. Yeah, yes. both of them. Uh, both those Sydney, guys. Sydney, Brown, an excellent day. So, um, yeah, I, I thought the Illinois guys showed out well, and that obviously means something for the Patriots because they have that connection. Uh, anyone else on your safety radar? Uh, no, that's it. Okay. doesn't feel uh, like there's a lot of safeties in this draft. Not in terms of, like, draftable. I just feel like the overall number of safeties is low. Yeah, it's, it's those top-tier guys. It's the fringe. It's that fringe group, and then it sort of falls off slash. I don't want to call guys irrelevant, but. You, you get the point. Um, all right. Let's talk about those DNs from Thursday. Nolan Smith, Byron Young tested well. But what do you think of Nolan Smith's 40? Because I just think that that's so badass to just be like this 6'4", whatever, 2', what I, I can't think of his 240 his pounds. Like, yeah. 240, and, like, and then look. to run a 4'3'9", and, and then be like, I can run faster. I just think that's awesome. He killed it. He's not a defensive lineman. He's an outside linebacker. And they, yeah, they do know. this every year. There's like one guy out of position with every group. Like they had Brian Branch with the corners today. So his time didn't Yeah, that good. was weird too. Um, I don't remember who it was last year. They had like one very obvious outside linebacker with like not even the defensive line, just the defensive tackles. And it was whatever it was. It was stupid. Yeah. Jordan Davis still ran faster than him. But <laughs> yeah, the, the Nolan Smith thing was unreal. Uh, he's going to be on the Patriots radar now, but especially with Jalen Carter falling down the board. 
and I do yeah. think Jalen Carter will fall down the board. I, I don't know what's ultimately going to happen legally, but teams That's are going to – if it's not resolved by the draft, regardless of what happens, I think teams are going to look at it and say, well, if we don't know what his future is, we can't use a first-round pick on him, right? So I, I think Nolan Smith's draft stock probably improved as much as anybody's, at least on the defensive side of the ball. We haven't seen the Agreed. offense yet, right? But like pound for pound – the best performance on the defensive line was Kalaja Kansi. Okay. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. Four, three, nine from Nolan Smith is very impressive. And, and, and that's probably the second best, but you have a 290 pound defensive tackle out here. Right. Yeah. He, I think he weighed in at 290, 281 at four, three, seven with a one, six, four split. I mean, that's, those are safety numbers. And yeah, yeah there's safety numbers from Nolan Smith too, but he's 40 pounds lighter right. than Kalaja yeah. Kansi is. And yeah. I, there's going to be receivers that run slower times than Kalaja Kansi as a defensive tackle helps that he went to pit. So you instantly get the Aaron Donald comparisons, but you see these athletic defensive tackles taking over the league where maybe they're not, you know, for a long time, you couldn't play defensive tackle. If you were under 300 pounds, it was unheard of, yeah. but you know, we all know in new England, Christian Barmore. It's a right. prime example of that. Like this is the same kind of player. Kalaja Kansi, he was excellent. Uh, I, I was very impressed because I didn't think he had that in his bag. I knew he was athletic. I knew he was probably going to be one of the more athletic defensive tackles at, at, at this event. I did not think he was running in the four sixes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, help me um, pronounce the Northwestern kid's name, if you know how. Oh, yeah. I Rich Eisen was struggling with it all week. Um, Adi- why isn't he on here? Adikomawa? Oh, yeah, you should go to get a D- I mean, It's on defensive ends. So yeah. Meanwhile, this kid, like, we're going to have to learn how to pronounce this because everything about his game screens Patriot. Um, yeah. Adetomiwa, Adibara. Okay. Adetomiwa, Adibara. Good stuff. Uh, Northwestern defensive end runs a four four nine at two eighty. Uh, at two eighty, um, yeah, he runs. He jumps a three seven five vertical. His split was one six one one six one. Yep, twenty seven on the bench. Yeah, so this is a a a strong guy, a fast guy, a athletic guy who I hadn't done much research at all because he seemed like a guy who was just kind of there. And then he comes out and he tests and he turns himself into a name. That's why I love the combine because right. you can do all the all the film work and all the um, you know research you want to do on draft boards and go through you know schedules and games and find guys with stat lines and then you go into some of their film. But you don't really you know you'll still find plenty of gems. Uh, There's with so when many the, guys right when these numbers Although, come out. We shouldn't have missed him. He was the defensive MVP at the shri- at the Senior Bowl. Okay, that's fair, but so, well, you because he Northwestern, you're like, oh, exactly, I mean, it's right. North. Like Peter Skaronsky is like a huge deal that a guy from Northwestern is going to go in the first right. round, and um, he's overshadowing him too. So, right, I mean, apologies for missing out on on the uh, senior all MVP, but he 
wins the Senior Bowl MVP, and then two or three weeks later comes out and has a kick-ass combine. So uh, what do you make of his numbers, and where does he slot now uh, with those DNs? Yeah, good numbers. And again, this is one of those ones where, you, you know, teams are going to go back and look a little closer. And I really well-rounded player, right? He's a defensive end. I, I don't know that he's a – so he might play linebacker in some schemes. I think in New England, he's probably a strong side defensive end, uh, you know, five-tech kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's not – like, he's not – He can, he's not a pass rusher. Like, I wouldn't – I don't think he's a liability. Yeah, he's not a pin, pin your ears back type of guy. Like he's just, and he's not necessarily a penetrating run stopper, but he's just going to set the edge, right? Mm-hmm. They love that guy. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, it's Dietrich Wise has been in that role. They used to play Lawrence Guy in that role. Like they, they love that just sturdy, strong side edge. They love taking edge guys on day two. Mm-hmm. And with those numbers as well, where like they've kind of the last couple of years gotten more into guys who put up gaudy numbers at the combine. Yeah. He's, he's got to be on the radar now. He certainly has to be on the radar. I think for the 46th pick, I, I think he's on that radar. So what about Byron young from Tennessee? Where do you put him in that full? Because he ran a four, four, three forty, uh, not as big as Nolan Smith, but it was, well, no, he is, he's a little bit shorter, but yeah. So, I mean, this is where I talk about nitpicking and splitting hairs, and it's like, oh, everyone freaks out about Nolan Smith running a four three nine, and then Byron Young runs a four four three, and like, I don't want to say nobody really talks about it, but that's basically just as fast. And I know it's four tenths of a second, but he also was second to Nolan Smith in the vertical jump, thirty eight. Uh, he was first in the broad jump at eleven feet. Uh, his three cone was pretty good at seven one nine. So like. Do, do you put him in that mix for the 46 pick, I guess, if you go edge rusher there? Is yeah, he although he's, there? He, he might go. Yeah, I think so, but too. It's, it's After the same testing I, like that, he could be a, a back-end first-round guy. But it's the same idea of, like, they might get a year ahead of things. The difference is he's the opposite side of the ball, or the opposite side of the the formation, where, like I just said, at Abare, is kind of like that Dietrich Wise, the defensive end. He's going to hold the edge down. Um, right. Byron Young is, I mean, is if they don't think they're going to re-sign Josh Uche, right? You go draft Byron Young because he's explosive. Yeah. He's going to come off that weak side. He's going to rush the passer. He's constantly in the backfield. Maybe not the most disciplined edge setter, um, but a guy who can be a problem for defenses when he kind of gets in his bag. So, like, again, I wouldn't be surprised to take an edge setter early. I think it would actually more likely be a guy like Young because Josh Uche is yeah. in that contract here. Although... So is Anthony Jennings, who's that compliment. But yeah, I could see it. You're right. I, I don't know that he's on the board, but he's a guy I think they're going to look at. Also, coming from that Tennessee program that was so successful this year, uh, they're going to love that. Yeah, I, I'm a Byron Young guy. He's been on my radar for a while. And then to Although see remember, there is a Byron Young from Tennessee and a yes, Byron Young Bama. from Alabama in this draft. Yeah. And they're both supposed to go like about the same range in the draft. The Tennessee one was the guy on my radar. Um, he's better. He, he's better. Uh, he is better. I'm not mixing. I'm not mixing them up. Um, so watch the Patriots are going to draft Byron Young from Alabama with Byron Young from Tennessee still on the board, and we're right. going to be like, "What?" Yeah, that's t- prototypical Patriots. Um, yeah. All right, I am going to tee you up uh, with Dante Sills, the defensive tackle. Hang on, a who... couple. Can I get a couple more linebackers in? Of course you can. Uh, Robert Beal from Georgia ran a four four eight. Okay. 
he was at the Shrine Bowl. He didn't participate. I was bummed. Uh, this is another like classic Patriots draft trend. Guys who are highly ranked recruits coming out of high school who maybe didn't pan out in college. Beal was a five-star, goes to Georgia, struggled to crack that pass rush rotation, which, I mean, it's Georgia. Yeah, right. It's tough but, to crack that thing. <laughs> uh, I thought him testing well stood out. That's a guy I could really see them uh, liking. And the other guy, uh, Isaiah Land from Florida A&M. Love what I've seen on tape from him. Played at 206 last year as an outside linebacker uh, at A&M. Weighed in at 236. That's huge. And he didn't yeah, run is. as good of a time as he probably wanted to see, but he ran a solid time after putting on 30 pounds. That's certainly, you know, you want to see that. What do you think of Will Anderson's time? Because he runs a 4-6. He's the best player in the class, him and Jalen Carter. And I don't know, his 40 was kind of pedestrian. Yeah, it's not his game. He's a technician. I guess. I, yeah. You're not drafting him to run fast. You're not drafting him to run fast for 40 yards. Like, I'm not there. The explosives were all there. The long yeah. speed maybe wasn't, but if you're not going to draft a defensive end because of lack of long speed, I you don't know what you're doing. So I'm not. Yeah, it would have been cool if you ran a better time, but whatever. So be it. Yes, uh, 10 yard was 161. That's that's fine. That works. Uh, Brenton Cox Jr., I guess we can go with the DNs. Uh, just feels like a Patriot. I know uh, we both tweeted about it sort of together yesterday. Uh, yeah. Not so much that it was it was a non numbers drill, um, but he just looks like sort of a freak athlete that worked with the Patriots Shrine Bowl. That that video came out from uh, Tamara from Patriots.com, and the off the field issues for what they are. What did you think of his day, and do you still think the Patriots could get be after a guy like that? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows what kind of player he is. Yeah, you know it's it's going to come down to the um, to the meetings with him. Yeah. So All right, I, it'll be interesting to see. I want to tee you up with Dante Sills, a guy who you've loved from West Virginia for what feels like years now. It is uh, years because he keeps going back to school. Yeah, he tested he tested pretty well. Uh, where does he fall? Did he help himself? Obviously didn't hurt himself. Um, but uh, what do you think of his performance out in Indy? He helped himself. He was good. You know, it, it's tough. When Kalijah Kansi runs a four six seven, and he's kind right. of that same, you're looking at him to be kind of the same mold of player. Now he's probably the day three, right? If you want to add that player, but you don't want to invest that highly. Um, I mean, that's that's a massive gap four six seven versus four eight five. Yeah, that really is. is. But that that mm-hmm. that you know day three group of interior athletic pass rushers. I think he's starting to pull away from that group. I I, I thought he had a strong showing. Another guy that again the on field drills. I, I liked what I saw from him on the on-field drills, and I think a lot of teams are going to like what they saw as well. Yeah. Um, Jalen Redmond. I, again, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers and the way they rank, and it's it's hilarious seeing Kalajic Hansi compared to everybody else, especially on that 40 time. And that's not a matter of, like, he's not listed at the right position. He's just that good. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But Jalen Redmond was at the top of every, every board. Um, he jumped the highest vertical. He had the longest broad jump. His three cone was the fastest, and he had the second fastest 40. So call it the fastest 40 because Kalaja Kansi is an anomaly. Uh, right. Jalen Redmond from Oklahoma tested out of out of the books today. And it's interesting because some of the evaluators coming in, the big knock on him was his athleticism. Which is so great. Every, I mean, everybody how does that happen? back and rewatch him. It's how does like, that happen? Because it's, it's so like 600 stupid. players, and at a certain point, yeah. it all starts to run together. Um, 
Yeah, I guess. He's, about, I, he's a guy that I think is going to get heavily reevaluated. I just find that uh, hilarious that here. everybody, and I guess you can include myself and you in it as well. I mean, we all talk about the draft, and we all want to we all want to be right, and we all think we are. And, you know, we do – we put in the work. But then something like this happens, and it's like you said, his athleticism is well, not going to be do it. Out. I know. But and, and look, like, it's funny. It's funny. I have – you know, scouts that I respect that I go and I look at their opinions and, and mm-hmm. sometimes two people who I respect highly of uh, polar opposite views on right. the same player. I remember last year, Andrew Booth, one, one of the places I go to to kind of confirm my priors said Booth is a lockdown man corner who in a man system will thrive, but don't have him play zone. Yep. And another spot I go to that again, I trust trust and is usually pretty spot on said, Teams who play man should not consider drafting Booth. He's a zone corner. So, like, you know, it's It's awesome. (laughs) You get those sometimes because everybody sees it differently. Everybody's watching it through a different lens. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yeah. There are players, for instance, like I people ask me about neutrally that I say I'm not a fan of. Doesn't necessarily mean I don't think they're a good player, but I'm watching this for the majority of the part, point through a Patriots lens. Right. So I might look at a guy and say, yeah, like I understand he's a good football player, but I don't like him for the Patriots. So you get all these weird anomalies in it. Um, Speaking of that, just quickly, the other thing I find funny is with that, and we're Patriots, we write, we report, and we, uh, we cover the Patriots. And so I'm on Twitter and I'm looking at, you know, guys getting cut and guys are trade bait and all this stuff. And I try and see, and I'll tweet about it. Is this good for the Patriots? Because could it fit this way and why? Right. And so many people tweet at me and like, you think everybody's, you think everybody can fit with this team? Like, oh, you're just, you just want oh, everyone. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I just look at it that way. Could they fit? Maybe if they don't, maybe not, but That's you know, put job. it up, put it up for debate and we'll see what happens. But yeah, well, like you said, we're looking through it, like at it through a Patriots lens. Well, we're on this topic. Hang on real quick. I don't yeah. know if you have any more defensive linemen you want to get to, or I guess we still got to do like the inside linebackers. But well, inside linebackers, Salmon to finish it off. I was going to get to this I as well. So I did want to get to this. Yeah. Them meeting with Anthony Richardson because we're talking about, oh, we think every player is a fit for the Patriots. I wrote a column about this on 985thesportshub.com yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right. So the Patriots meet with a quarterback who's, I think, top three in the class. Most people have top four, could be a top 10 pick. Yep. It's Mac Jones on the hot seat. Ooh. I would remind everybody of a couple of things. The Patriots view the combine as a fact finding mission. That is overall. Mm-hmm. They have, they, they have always interviewed players well out of their range. Yep. And a lot of the times the players they interview end up that, that are out of the, like they talked to sauce Gardner last year. They were never going to draft sauce Gardner. But a lot of the times these players, like there's four or five players every year that they have no shot at drafting that they talk to. Yep. I feel like more often than not, those players end up on the jets, the dolphins or the bills, because guess what? Come April 27th, once Anthony Richardson gets drafted by another team, you can't talk to him anymore. That's tampering. So it's a great chance to go in there and say, hey, what do you think your weaknesses are in your game? And a quick look 
at the Patriots' upcoming schedule, you factor in trade-ups and whatnot, I count seven opponents who I realistically could see drafting Anthony Richardson. I don't think they met with Anthony Richardson because they think he's replacing Mac Jones. I think they met with Anthony Richardson because they were doing advanced scouting for their 2023 schedule. And to, anybody who, and to anybody who says I'm being a homer, I have Mac Jones blinders on. I would remind everybody the Patriots went to Trevor Lawrence's pro day in 2021 when they were not going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Right. But the Jaguars were on their schedule that year. And it was never officially reported, but it was kind of like one of these things that like, oh, they want to make sure they can beat Trevor Lawrence when they face him. So they're going to watch him up close. I remember when that happened. I think I, I think that's what happened with Anthony Richardson. It, it, you know, we'll see if they met with Levis. We'll see if they met with Stroud. But at the same time, those guys could be Jets. They have to play the Colts this year. Those guys could certainly end up being the quarterback for the Colts. Uh, I, I, I think that they're scout. I think it's advanced scouting for the schedule. I don't think they're talking to Anthony Richardson because they're seriously considering drafting him. I'm a at one time was a shameless Colin Cowherd fan. And at one point during COVID, I was watching when I was working from home, I was watching the Colin Cowherd show from 12 to three on Fox every single day. And so, so when sorry. that, when that, but when, <laughs> when that, uh, Patriots going to Trevor Lawrence's pro day happened, Cowherd ran a segment like Belichick's going to train up for the, or they're going to tank and they're trying to go get Trevor. Right. And it was this whole thing. And I was like, Oh my God, maybe it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously it didn't happen, but, uh, so yeah, the other I want to do quick quarterback news before we finish up with the linebackers while we're yeah. on the topic. Uh, Josina Anderson reported today that, uh, and I'm going to read her tweet verbatim. She was told that multiple people have been made aware within the Dolphins organization that the team will explore all options at quarterback. This decision continues to linger on a long term deal and the fifth year option of Tua. Who said Aaron that Ro- on the show on I know. Tuesday? I know. I was said you really think they would move on from? T- I'm just saying. I I know, and I'm not a Tua guy, but I thought they would at least do it this year. I thought they would go with Tua this year and then see where they were at. But it sounds like they might still dip their toes in the Aaron Rodgers and Eric Carr water. So that makes the AFC East that much harder for the Patriots. Well, I would even say, you know what? That's another one where I know they don't have a first round pick this year, but they've got some coming up from that Tyree kill trade. Mm-hmm. Do they move up for my gut for a guy like Anthony Richardson? Yeah. Knowing they have a year behind the scenes to put it all together. Richardson would be a fantastic fit in that offense. And again, if you're the Patriots, you got to see him twice a year, right? Get what you can now. It's come April 27th. You can't talk to him again. So they'll know. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was good. And it, it, as also, soon as it, for the record, I totally yeah. believe Mike McDaniel doesn't know what's going on with Tua. Cause I don't think Mike McDaniel knows what's going on period <laughs> based on his interview on NFL network. Yeah. He, Mike McDaniel is, is something else and he calls a damn good offense, but he is something else when it comes to being a head coach. And I've thought that all season long, that sort of quirkiness that is Mike McDaniel. I thought it worked when they were winning. But when you lose three in a row and that guy at five foot six and whatever with his has to come in and try and rally his a weirdo bunch of, leather jacket. Yeah, he has he's to in come over in his head. He, he, and maybe in so year too. two, he'll have it figured out. But he was in over his head last year. I would agree. Um, all right, let's wrap up with the linebackers before we get out of here. Um, there's one on my board and maybe a second. But the one that jumped out to me was Trenton, Trenton Simpson from Clemson. I mean, he was probably the a top three linebacker. Uh, anyway, but 
he tested really well. Uh, I like where he's at. I like his, uh, I like his size. I like his speed. He ran a four, four, three, which is pretty good. Um, that's basically, I, I like seeing speed out of backers. If you talk about the Patriots and they want to find that speed at the linebacker position, uh, he's a, he's a big dude and he showed that he can run too. So I liked what Trenton Simpson did, at least in the 40. I thought that was huge. So I, I, uh, yeah, he was impressive. Uh, guys that stood out to me, you see her yeah. ran a four, okay. four, seven. He was up there in most of the drills, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 36 and a half inch vertical, 10, nine broad jump. A guy saw a shrine bowl flying around the field. So great athlete plays with a high motor. You love to see that another shrine bowl guy. I liked that. I, I thought really, you know, he's going to start to push the top 100. Now I think is uh Anthony or from yeah. Vanderbilt. We're in a four, five, three, which is a good time. A good solid time. Um, also a, uh, excellent three cone, excellent 10 yard split weighed in at 230 pounds, which I think is big. I thought he'd come in a little lighter than that. Uh, is a guy who's, you know, cerebral uh, as, a, as a play caller, you know, a guy you can give that green dot to. The Patriots had worked with him. Uh, so seeing him have a good workout, again, you, you start to focus in a little more. Yep. Uh, the other uh, linebacker uh, on my radar for the Patriots is Dorian Williams from Tulane. Uh, he ran a 4.49. He also weighed in at two thir- uh, just under 230. Uh, he's 6.1. Again, I, I mentioned it when talking about Trenton Simpson, but we've talked about speed at the position for them, and we talked about the transition they made last year with guys like Raekwon McMillan and um, trying to get Jennings in the fold and Mac Wilson as well. Yeah. But then it ends up being the Jawan Bentley show, and so which is fine, and it worked for them, but if they want to get faster at the position, if they want to continue to do so, they can do it through the draft with a guy like Dorian Williams right. from Tulane. Um, um when I guess I'll add because I, I I love to take a victory lap right so I should I should take my lumps oh, yeah. coming. Okay. Um, <laughs> Henry Toe Toe Demario Overshone didn't test great. Yeah. So that was disappointing, especially Overshone. I thought he was going to be a four four guy. Uh, I thought Overshone would be low four fives with good agility drills. Didn't happen. So yeah, uh, back to the drawing board on you talk about the the, the Mac Wilson Raekwon McMillan role. Um, Back to the drawing board on that one. Maybe it is a guy like Dorian Williams. Uh, you know, uh, you see her Abdul might be more of an outside linebacker orgy. D Winters also tested super yeah. well from TCU, kind of a hybrid linebacker safety. I think it would be fun to put him on the field with Patrick, uh, with I'm gonna say Patrick Chunk, Kyle Duggar. It's been a long couple of days here, yeah, Mike. You got two more to go, but um, yeah, so all right, I was wrong about those two, I guess they didn't have the pop I thought they would. I'm looking through the chat too. Uh, Which to... now that I said, now that that all happened, the Patriots will draft both of them. Oh yeah, of course. Well, Alabama guy, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna take Toto. Yeah, he. I don't know. He's one of those guys where I just feel like he can just play, and it's it's an eye test kind of guy with him. Look, I still like him. I, I still Me like too. him as a player. I just I thought he was better athlete than that, and that was part sure. of the evaluation. Well, not because I, I was sitting here saying like. Oh, when he came out last year, he was projected as a first round pick. Yeah. And like, that's why, because I thought he was a four, four guy still like him. I'd still take him 76, but, um, I, 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 I thought there was more ceiling there. Andre Carter from army put up 11 reps on the bench. Yeah. It was the lowest of all edge rushers by six. He didn't his, have a great week. His stocks falling off big. He's got to put some, like, and we've talked about this where, 
the way it works at army, he's limited size wise yeah. and he he's got to put the weight on, but yeah, his, his stock is dipping pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's another thing that thinking about it from the Patriots, if they like him, it's almost better that his stock dips and then they take a flyer on him later. And if they like that, you know, armed forces connection that we talk about with Belichick, it sounds cheesy if you will, but I mean, it's there and it's real. And so if his stock dips and you can put less capital towards him, then maybe it ends up being a good thing. But um, I, the, the one thing I'd say is like, you, you still need to make the evaluation and they've been so yeah. into combine numbers the last couple of years. You look at last year, the draft, the fastest running back, the fastest wide receiver, Marcus Jones probably would have run the fastest for corners. If he was healthy, certainly would have been up there. Sure. Um, you, you know, you know, chasing Hines had good numbers for alignment at the combine, like things like that. Um, even going back the year before Barmore had a very good combine, like under Matt grow, this seems to be a thing now that they're putting more stock into combine numbers than they have in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if the combine numbers aren't there, like could they still take Carter? Sure. I don't think that they take him in the top 100, no. which is where some people were, uh, expect him to go. Yeah. Um, all right, Alex. Well, I think that's it for position by position, but do you have anything that you think we missed or any overarching defensive thoughts before we get out of here? Well, and... the punters did run. Oh, here we go. Oh, that's what I texted about. Michael Turk. I was watching and this is as soon as this is when I grabbed my phone to text you immediately because it was, uh, I want to say it was the cornerbacks that were running. Yeah. And he kind of ran in the middle. Yeah. And then, so all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I think I was tweeting about, uh, the defensive backs from South Carolina and out of the corner of my eye, I see this big chunky white dude, just like slow motion running down the 40. And I'm like, who is this? And I look and I'm like, is it, who's the, uh, the white cornerback from Iowa? Riley Moss. I was thinking of Riley Moss. I was like, it can't be him. And I look and it's Michael Turk, the punter. Um, so he ran. What'd you think of Turk, uh, running anyway? I'm interested to see tomorrow. Supposedly he's this big bench press guy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. He hasn't so done it yet. So the, the, the bench they do on a separate day because it just takes so much out of you. Yeah. He, he ran a sub sub five, so you love to see that. Um, He almost ran a better 4 Oh, his second, his second one went sub five. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, no, he ran a 4 8 Okay. Um, 34-inch vertical is not bad. So, look, the guy's a gym rat. You expect him to test well. I thought he tested well. Are they going to take him? Um, I, so I think they would, they can't like it all. And we have had gotten no update on this. I don't know where things are at, but, uh, so that remember they suspended, um, Jake Bailey and the suspension voids the guaranteed money in his contracts. Now they can cut him, not have any dead money, open a bunch of cap space, but he's appealing. If he wins that appeal, that whole financial element goes out the window and it actually becomes very tough for them to cut him. So I don't think they take a punter this year. Like they might bring in a UDFA and just sort of push Bailey. And maybe if, if he has another off year, you have a guy ready, but like to take Turk where they would need to take him. That pretty much guarantees you have to cut Bailey. And I don't think that they want to guarantee that with the financial elements unknown. So if that all gets cleared up, and he loses his appeal prior to the draft. And again, I don't know what the timeline is. It's not out there. Yep. Um, but if, if that appeal fails prior to the draft, I think Turk's certainly in play. But if it's still unsure or if he wins his appeal, 
I think we start doing punters in 2024. It just becomes yeah. really tough. And I mean, right like, again, somebody undrafted, but it becomes really tough at that point. I, between the two, and I've been getting this question a lot, is it more likely to take a kicker or a punter this year? I, I think this is a kicker year because Nick Folk's contract, they can get out of a little easier. It's more of an immediate need. Folk struggled down the stretch last year. He's getting older. I think they really like Jake Moody. They had a separate meeting with him after the Shrine Bowl. Um, like, so, like, is Turkey a player they would take? Yes. I think they would look at him and give him a draftable grade. But all things considered, I think it makes more sense for them to take a punter this year, uh, to take a kicker this year than a punter. You really could talk about specialists for an hour, couldn't you? Look, <laughs> when you get started doing this, right? Um, and I, I obviously started when Brady was still here and they were winning Super Bowls and all that, yep. or Super Bowl. I, I started, well, I technically started in 17. Um, talking about how good Tom Brady is, you get lost in the noise. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. doing that, right? So, and especially when I was working with Evan and Evan's, Evan hates special teams. He only wants to break down tape of guys who are going in the top 50. So you got to find a way to stand out. And nobody was right. talking about special teams at that point. And uh, they were moving on from a kicker for the first time in like decades. Mm -hmm. And then they, you know, they drafted Jake Bailey high, which nobody saw coming. And that's how you build a brand. So find your niche, baby, find your niche, but not special teams. Cause that's mine. Like I started yeah, yeah, doing right. the, I started honestly, like the, the punter the hang time times, thing, right? Yeah. Everybody like that was one of the first things that like I got noticed for because they, and this was before I worked at the hub, they were reading them on Zolak and Bertrand. I did that That's as a hilarious. joke. I had the, yeah. the time route because I was just curious and I was like, what are you going to tweet it? I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I am. And I did. And it got a ton of response and it just kind of became a thing. So, um, you know, I have a special teams background. Um, just not, sounds dumb to say. Let's hear way. it. Um, What'd you so do? I, I went to a D3 <laughs> school, right? So we okay. obviously covered the team a lot uh, more closely. And there's only one kid in my major on football team. And he was the kicker. And he basically, when I told him, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to be covering the team. He goes, all right, if you're going to cover the team, you're going to know how special teams works because nobody who covers football knows how special teams works. So he, you know, I'd go to some of the special teams meetings. He'd walk me through stuff at practice. The punter would walk me through stuff. The long snapper, the special teams coach, like they wanted me to know it That's awesome. because I was covering the team and they wanted to be represented correctly. So I sort of had some of that knowledge and I went with it. And so, yeah, I can talk about it because I've spent time doing it. You're not going to get this anywhere else, folks. Uh, whoever's still watching here, thanks for coming in at uh I don't think I've ever like told that story on air or anything. So there's, I love there's it. where my special teams background is. You will never get that much in-depth special why I talk teams about talk it so much. Yeah. on the Patriots or in the NFL, frankly, than you will from Alex Barth at 98.5 or on Patriots Beat. So uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we went through every position from the defense. So now the offense is set to work out. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. So we, we will be back Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, yep. Sunday night ish, whenever they finish up. Uh, I think so. I think they're done at six or seven. We'll like on the out. So whenever the drills end the top of the next hour, we'll be back on. Um, yep. they've, they've been kind of a little loose with the schedule. Things have been running over. So just follow us on Twitter, follow Patriots CLNS. We had that graphic up today, right? It'll be like that. We'll get you up. Yeah. Just Sunday we'll, night at some point. Sunday night we'll, at some point. We'll keep you updated. Follow us on Twitter at Real Alex Barth, at Mike Cadlick, uh, Patriots CLNS on Twitter as well. Subscribe to the YouTube. Read Alex on 985thesportshub.com. Read myself at clnsmedia.com. Stay tuned for the best draft coverage moving forward. Again, we'll be back Sunday to break down the offense. But until then, 
Have a good weekend. Thank you all for watching. 